Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Let's go! It's the most all star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, and happy Monday. We are bringing you the latest news, updates, interviews, and analysis from around the world of women's football. Alongside Darian Jenkins and Christine Cupo, I'm your host, Lisa Carlin, for today. We have a lot to get into because the NWSL semifinals are set. We've got a superstar interview lined up for today as well, and we'll hear from Sandra to break down uh, some coaching hires that have happened in the NWSL. But first, ladies, it is playoff season right now, so we're starting to see the the celebrations, the Gatorade dumps. And I want to know from each of you, if you're a coach, post-game, you just won, you're advancing, you're moving on, and you're about to get dumped with Gatorade, what flavor do you want dumped on your head? Red. Oh, my God, none. I'm running. <laughs> I would be the coach sprinting. None. In you my hair, it's cold. Red or blue, but preferably red. And I love that you gave a color and not a flavor because Everybody, you're not a psychopath. So I love it. OGs, OGs, no. Those are not flavors. They are colors. And not just get in your hair, but it's also freezing cold. It's not the Gatorade yeah. bottle that's been left in your soccer bag for two weeks. And like, sometimes, like, they drop it. Yeah. Like, uh, no. It's a mess. It is a mess. We won. Relax, everybody. We saw some celebrations with, with Allie Krieger this weekend and, and a few waters being thrown around for her. But no Gatorade dumps yet. But if you're targeting Darian or Christine, now you know their flavors are or I'm, what not I'm to do. Fast. I'm still I'm fast. I'm trying to live. Don't try like, me. Let's party, but preferably like just dump a bucket of champagne on me. I'm cool with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that would be fun for sure. I mean, twist my arm. Yeah. Let's get into some of the latest news. Uh, we have to start with some unfortunate news. Out of North Carolina Courage, the team announced that they received the very unfortunate news that Brazilian international and forward Caroline has ruptured her ACL. That happened in the last match of the NWSL regular season against the Washington Spirit. Caroline had 10 goals, three assists in just 19 appearances for the Courage this season. She was the runner-up in the Golden Boot race and for sure an MVP candidate. So sending our well wishes to Caroline. In more NWSL news, the announcement we anticipated on Friday is now official. The Kansas City Current have named Vlako Andonovsky as their new head coach. Andonovsky had previously coached the former FC Kansas City to back-to-back -to -back NWSL titles in 2014 and 2015. He also is a two-time NWSL Coach of the Year. Now Andonovsky will be tasked with guiding the club back to the playoffs after a disappointing 2023 season that saw the current finish in second to last place. In Spain, the Spanish Federation, the CSD, and the women's national team players have announced the official launch of the, quote, mixed commission, end quote. This commission is set to oversee the changes the players and the Federation had agreed upon. That was back in September, and one of the key components in this to end the national team players' strike. 
Let's move over to the NWSL. This announcement that, uh, to CONCACAF, excuse me, um, where the Jamaican women's national team, they have withdrawn from the upcoming CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup qualifiers. A number of the reggae girls released statements through social media stating that while this was an incredibly difficult decision, they felt it was necessary to, quote, take such a drastic stance to put an end to the constant mistreatment, end quote. The player cited a number of long-standing issues, including ultimately an unprofessional communication regarding the coaching, the medical staff, as well as the continued lack of full and timely payments for a number of tournaments, including their most recent Women's World Cup, where the reggae girls reached the round of 16, advancing from the group of death, including Canada, Brazil, and France. They became the first Caribbean nation to do that, and they still have yet to receive payment for that. Christine, when you look at everything that the Jamaican women's national team has been through, does them advancing as far as they did in the World Cup set them up for success in these protests and what they're doing? Not at all. The thing is, their success always came in spite of the lack of effort, the lack of funding, the lack of even support in the most minute level more broadly by the JFF. And so I'm not surprised that they've been successful because they've done it on their own all along. The fact that they're still confronted with having to deal with all of these issues and mitigate them themselves is unacceptable at this point. It's not a secret. They've gone through this multiple times now. The JFF withholding payments to the extent that they have. We talked about this when we spoke with Sadella Marley and her contributions to their success, which, quite frankly, thank you again to Sadella Marley and the foundations that have managed to contribute and raise funds for them season over season. But I also stand in support with them mm -hmm. that they should be making this stand to, to sort of finally get all of this rectified to this point. You know, you never want to give up a playing opportunity, especially at this level, you know, so, to do that. So now that they have given up this playing opportunity, I mean, this is the, the CONCACAF Gold Cup qualifiers. This is huge for Jamaica. What kind of message does that send to the Federation? That they're nothing without the players. This federation is nothing without the players. And Christine, you hit the nail on the head that in, they've done everything in spite of the federation and the lack of support and still had the success. Now imagine if this team had the proper funding, communication, coaching support, a bare minimum of treatment as a professional athlete, let alone playing for a federation mm -hmm. for the Jamaican national team. So I hope that this brings a huge spotlight to this issue because this isn't the only federation struggling with this. I'm happy that they took a stance and we stand with the players of the federation, but they need change and I'm proud of them. This is really risky. It's scary to say no to an opportunity like this to go and play, especially after coming off of the success of the World Cup. But these are the drastic changes that the drastic steps that will affect change. And, and for these reggae girls, it, this is it's so many issues. Of mm -hmm. course, it's not being paid, their bonuses, even their qualification for the World Cup. But I think the lack of communication from their federation is one of the most frustrating things for me mm -hmm. because they didn't find out about the new head coach um, until just days before they were to report to camp. And they also found out on social media. That is just unprofessional to, to find out like For that. For sure. And like to add to this problem, and this sort of does replicate in a lot of ways what we saw with Spain and their current fight, mm -hmm. is that they're pushing forth the younger Jamaica players to sort of take over these spots for the senior team when it's both unfair to expect them to perform under the same conditions. And it's also wild to try to mitigate these 
necessities and rights to their first team that have got them in this position in the first place. And the fact that they've had to fundraise mm -hmm. to do training camps is insane. Absolutely insane at this level. With the success this team has had, and everything that they have going for them, that should not, that should no longer be on the, the table. The success they've had in spite of in having spite. to raise their own yeah. money. Um, more updates to come out of Jamaica, and we will keep you all abreast of those as those are released. Let's talk about the NWSL, because we teased this on Friday. Kansas City Current has made the announcement. Vlako Adonofsky is the new head coach. The former United States women's national team coach is staying home. He's from Kansas City. He coached in the NWSL with KC before. This is Kansas City's third coach in three years and a team that struggled this year in the NWSL. Christine, is this what they need to get them back to the top of the table? I think perhaps, right? They have a lot of talent, especially on paper. I think that obviously Vlaco is tested, tried. He, he made all of his bones in club level, mm -hmm. and that's what kind of propelled him to national team level. I think he is the right figure to put in that place because it's where he knows, you know, he knows his game that way. And I think he's going to put them in a better position to succeed. Yeah, I agree. And he's a developmental coach, so having so much more time with the players that he's going to fit into this tactical system that we know he's going to put together in the NWSL, I think is going to be really successful, not just for the players on Kansas City, but for him as well, coming off of his time with the national team where he was criticized really heavily. But I think he's just better suited being with a team for longer stints of time. And we have to talk about that cover that they dropped him <laughs> sitting on the stadium. That was the first time I've seen that. That is wild. What what a statement. That is a big black man on That campus. is a big black and <laughs> Um But yeah, I think he's going to be really successful with Kansas City. And if I were one of the players, I would be really, really happy with this with this signing of Vladko. As he's had success in NWSL, right? Two-time coach of the year. He did it with Seattle mm -hmm. and with Kansas City. So at two different clubs, he's the first and only coach to ever do that. He's won championships as well. However, he's been removed from this league for a number of years. Mm -hmm. The league has grown. It's, it's arguably gotten more competitive. He now has to deal with a free agency, an expansion draft, and a regular draft. Are those obstacles that he can overcome right now? I think so. I think he is such a planner that he's probably been pining on this ever since the World Cup, honestly, knowing these new teams are coming in, um, seeing the players that he has, who he could get that would mold well into his system. I think he's been planning this for a really long time. I imagine he's going to get the cream of the crop when it comes to the expansion draft and the NWSL draft and everything that free agency brings. So I, I think he's going to be one of the top-tier coaches that it has it all laid out already. I agree. And with that all of the tides rising has brought mm -hmm. the availability of more and different resources mm -hmm. to bring the league up to date. So I think that while certainly challenges have changed in terms of just player personnel, you have sort of on the back end a lot more available at his disposal to kind of create more success. So I think I think it's a balanced act. The resources in Kansas City are constantly growing, too. Not only will he be coaching at a great club, but... Massive stadium. Massive stadium built specifically for the women's game. So that is exciting to come for Vlako Anonofsky. We'll be right back with Attacking Third uh, because the NWSL semifinals are set. We have two teams advancing, and we're going to recap the quarterfinals when we return. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. 
With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. One will advance to play against San Diego away in the semifinals, and the other can think about next season. Into the box again. Headed down. Up and set it in. That's it. Game over. Ori advances. Bottom of the table last year to the championship semi-finals and possibly beyond this year. Good ball from Bruninha into Sheehan. Oh, and it's nudge goalwards, and it's in. And Williams has won it from Kurtz, and she's found Yasmin Ryan, and she has settled it. Gotham are heading into the semi-finals. The NWSL quarterfinals were exciting until the very last minute. We had OL Reign defeating Angel City in Seattle. That was a 1-0 scoreline to advance to the semifinals for the fifth consecutive year for OL Reign. Christine Cupo, take us out to Seattle and take us through these 90 minutes because it yeah, was a good go. one. They, I mean, Jess Fishlock had a really good game herself, but then we have our first chance coming up here at the 53rd minute. We have a run-up from Rapino, which was one of their best chances. She had about three shots on goal, um, only one on target this entire match, uh, followed by yet another ripper by Rose Lavelle chance, again, just wide. And then finally, in the 87th minute, we have the run-up from Veronica Latsko from a McLernan cross, header right into the box, goal for the winner of the game. Huge for Veronica Latsko, getting herself in between those defenders. Um, this was a good match, Darian, until the very end. Historically, Oil Reign has been bad in playoffs. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> They've been bad. And yet they this still is, somehow make it through. This is Ola Reign's first playoff win since 2015. What was the difference this time around? Madness. I have also been in the playoffs with Rain, and we lost, sadly. <laughs> uh, so I'm part of that history, but that's okay. I think what's thank different. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I do my best. Uh, no, I think what was different is they just looked confident. I don't think that there was a moment where Rain didn't think that they were going to win the match. They outshot um, Angel City. They just, I think they did so much better about just getting the ball up. They had kind of uh, many different ways that they were trying to shoot. So I think, you know, Veronica Latsko was having a really good game, cutting inside, crossing, trying to have her knack on the goal. And finally, when Balser came in, I think with mm -hmm. her heading ability, she attracted a bunch of the back line to her, thinking that she was going to be the one to finish. And it opened up Latsko just in that seam. And she was able to put it on frame. And that's all you have to do in those moments is just redirect the ball, not try to put too much force behind it. And she did her thing, and it got them the win. My prediction for this game may have been wrong, because it was on the record. I know we got called out. That All of us did. But my player to watch is actually Balser, and she actually did change the game for them. She did. So I'm taking some credit off of that. Yeah, and, also yeah. back for this OL Reign side after mm -hmm. a, a lengthy injury and a couple of rippers from her and her ability to get open. How important is Lavelle moving forward throughout these playoffs for OL Reign? Massive, Rain? massive. She literally is a game-changer player for OL Reign. And I think that if I would 
would have taken that into account that we'd see her pop back up, that my prediction would have been a little bit different for the outcome of this match. Yeah, not only is she one of the biggest playmakers, I think with her and Fishlock in the midfield, that is scary to go against because both have the dribbling ability, both have great distribution. And Rose with her shot, I think, her uh, shots from distance are compared to none. I think she is such a threat. You never know if she's going to keep dribbling, pass it, have her own shot. So having her into the next round is going to be huge for this team. But, yeah, go rain because they proved us all wrong. <laughs> uh, Angel City throughout this match dominated in possession, yet mm -hmm. they did not register a single shot on goal. Does that speak more to O.L. Reign's defense or Angel City's uh, like lack of ability to finish in the final third? I just didn't think that they were connecting as much as Rain did. I think Rain looked a lot more seasoned going into the attack, whereas Angel City, they kept trying the same thing over and over again, and it wasn't effective. And then it almost looked, you know, a little bit desperate where you're trying so hard where it's not working out, and then everyone kind of tries to just take it on their own shoulders, and it's still not working out. Um, and Rain, I think, looked calm, cool, and collected, and I think that that's just due to experience as well between both sides and being in this position and knowing how to handle that pressure a lot better and being at home. So I think that that's a big part of it. Uh, well, Rain advancing to the semifinal. Laura Harvey still hoping to lift up a trophy at the end of this year. Megan Rapinoe and O.L. Rain season continues. Also, Gotham FC, they headed on the road to take on the North Carolina Courage, and they get a 2-0 win over the Challenge Cup winners. Darian, take us out to Wake Med Soccer Park. Bring it here. Let's go to Wake Med. <laughs> so, yes, this was going to be a tough game, but here we have Bruninha who puts the ball out to Delaney Sheehan, who gets a toe poke and it slides past Casey Murphy. I think, you know, it may have been a cross, may have been a shot. Who cares? Goal is a goal. Shout out to my fellow Bruin, Delaney Sheehan, for her first pro goal. And then Lynn Williams doing the work off of the ball, who lays it off to Yasmeen Ryan, who that was my player to watch this weekend, gets the finish, slots at home, off of the posts, and nails the coffin to solidify Gotham going into the semifinals. I'm so stoked. This team has worked so hard. Um, and what a game. Huge. Delaney and Yasmin. Yeah. Yasmin has had a heck of a season, though. I mean, she deserves all of the shouts at this point because she's been a massive contributor for that Gotham side. Yeah, I think it's taken her a minute to really find her groove. But now that we're seeing it and she's taking shots and she's going 1v1, which is something we saw a lot of her success came from in Portland, is just the start, I think, of something, a really fortuitous career for her at Gotham. This has been an up and down season for mm -hmm. Gotham. They've struggled a little bit. And this was their first ever playoff win that they've ever had in the club's history. And they also get a shutout. What does that say about the team's defense right now? I think the defense for Gotham has been criticized a lot this year for transitions and huge gaps and not being super organized. So I know that that's something that this team has been working on. And shout out to coach Juan Carlos Amoros because he's so tactical. And I know that you see even Delaney Sheen, the one that got the goal, she was out wide. Mm -hmm. She plays in the center midfield. Yeah. So there's a lot of rotations that go on, and I think working on staying organized defensively, being in the best defensive position to attack is what's given them the success and why they got a shutout this weekend. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you, but I also do agree with those criticisms about the back mm -hmm. line. I think the thing is the ask changed so quickly on the back line, because remember, when you're playing with a really high line, you're going to have to do a lot more work from that back, even in your midfield, to protect those spaces. And I just think that now they're finally catching up and we're seeing it. And it's been effective. Yeah. You know, you're playing very high risk, high reward ball like that. Yeah. One thing we have to shout out to, Midge Purse and Lynn Williams, yeah. defensive work rate. Mm -hmm. 
kept them in the game, I believe, because there was a lot of times where Tyler Lucy and Brittany Radcliffe were running, both really fast physical players, running down towards the end line, and Lynn and Midge were able to catch up, cut their body offs from the ball, and they were able to maintain position and get the ball higher up the field. And both of those players were, again, yeah. high up the field, yeah. like three seconds later, going exactly. 1v1 we, and getting We talk about box-to-box -box midfielder. These forwards were end-line <laughs> to end-line, oh, yeah. doing 120s all day. I mean, Lynn Williams is the reason Gotham scored the insurance goal mm -hmm. in the stoppage time at the end of the game. Her track-back defense, her ability to catch it, and then play it off to Yasmeen Ryan. It, this Gotham side, they were on the road against North Carolina, a team that has made Wake Med Soccer Park a fortress. Mm -hmm. Gotham snapped a 14-game home unbeaten streak for the courage. Now, New Jersey, New York has to go on the road to take on Portland. What do they need to take with them from this match and, and being on the road into Providence Park? I think they also have to take the consideration that courage were down Caroline. They also did have atypical defensive mistakes. Uh, Emily Fox is usually super sharp, and I think that some of that, at least that last scraggler goal, um, was due to a bit of a mistake on her part. And I think they need to move forward and just sort of reassess, you know, what they actually have to face in that Portland side because it's going to be really, really tough. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really big test. Uh, you know, Sophia Smith being back, uh, that's, yeah, I would be nervous. But, <laughs> but I do think that they have so much confidence after this win. Um, North Carolina is not an easy place to play at. It's a difficult team. They have a ton of weapons in the front line, so they were tested. I think they need to build on that confidence and Keep taking shots. I want them to score so many more goals than they do. So I think using their front line and having that organized offensive pressure when they do lose the ball to get it back immediately so that there's no counter going against Portland because that's really the way that I can see Portland kind of sneaking by and getting shots on goal against Gotham. Where Gotham's been hurt this year, it's when they fall asleep. Mm -hmm. It's when they let up or, or they're not continuing their counter press throughout the year. So that's one thing. They have to continue with them through the playoffs because Gotham has advanced. They are moving on to the semifinal. They will take on Portland. And meanwhile, OL Reign will travel to Southern California to play the Shield winners in San Diego Wave. We'll have all the semifinal recaps later for you. But stick with us because we've got our very own Sandra Herrera joining us next to talk everything NWSL, from coaching hires to the teams that have been eliminated. Don't go anywhere. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Attacking Third. We are so pleased to welcome in our CBS Sports reporter, Sandra Herrera, to break down everything that's happening across the NWSL. Sandra, welcome in. Hey, happy to be here. Sandra, we teased it on Friday, but it is now official. The Kansas City Current have named their new head coach, Vlatko Andonovsky. He was, it spoke to the media this morning. You had the privilege to listen, to ask some questions. So what did you learn from the new head coach at Kansas City? You know, probably about as uh, as much as we expected. Uh, he's happy to be home. It was a real homecoming type of press conference. He spoke a lot about that. He got asked a lot of questions about his return to the area. But 
he also, of course, got a lot of questions about what's going to come next for this team now that he's in the role as head coach because he's going to operate two dual titles here. Yes, he's going to operate as the Kansas City head coach, but he's also going to take on the role of sporting director, which he alluded to is going to be a very collaborative position with general manager Cami Ashton. So I think we're going to take a look at that. The offseason has already started for Kansas City. I had to ask about free agents agency because some things have changed since Vlako Adonofsky has been in NWSL and free agency is one of those things. And we saw Kansas City be kind of aggressive, kind of want to make a splash in that first ever free agency period. And he mentioned on the press conference when I asked him about it, that he thinks in taking on the role with Kansas City, it automatically meant that he doesn't really have an option to not be brave or to not be bold when it comes to navigating the offseason for Kansas City current. So while he's excited to get into the mix, work with current players. They also know that they have high ambitions and are going to be taking a look at things and how to tweak a couple things moving forward in the offseason. So, Sandra, now obviously this is the place where Vlatko essentially made his bones, right? Do you think that he has taken anything from his experience at the national team back to club task now? Yeah, I'm sure. I, th- I thought it was actually kind of revealing and it was a bit transparent of him to sort of speak a little bit about there was a period of mo- of time where he said, do I need to take a moment? Do I need to take some time off, step away from the game for a little bit? But that might have been difficult in light of his stepping away from the U.S. Women's National Team head coach and automatically getting a lot of other leads elsewhere. He referenced uh, MLS being one of those places as well, other national team programs that may have reached out to him, but Kansas City current kind of right in that mix, making sure that they wanted to get Vlaco in a room to have those conversations to, you know, and intrigue him on, on getting on board. And obviously it's a much different league. It's a much different Kansas City franchise as well that he's joining. He was, you know, a two-time championship winner in this league with the former Kansas City franchise and FC Kansas City. And we're talking about comparing apples and oranges here in terms of the resources that are in place and exist now with with Kansas City. And he spoke to that as well. So I think while the league has changed and grown, so has Andonofsky, and it's a good time for the two of them to kind of meet in the middle again. Now, Sandra, I'm going to switch gears to one of the games over the weekend, which you were the only one to ride with O.L. Reign and predict that they would get the dub. <laughs> Proved all of us wrong here on A3. Um, what went wrong for Angel City? They had zero shots on target, but had majority of the possession against Rain, but were unable to put anything away. Can you give us your insight into what do you think they needed to do to actually get a dub? A heartbreaker, right, for for this team. I think we, uh, so many of you guys were high on them, and myself included, even though I didn't make the pick, uh, just because they were the hottest team in the league. They had, they were riding form, right, their peak form into the playoffs, but there's something to be said about having been there before, having been in in the moment. I think we saw a little bit of that as well in the championship final when we saw the Portland Thorns going up against Kansas City Current. A team looked like they felt ready to be there versus one that maybe needed to get their footing into into that uh, that big event. And so, being on the road. Going against Ole Rain, having a number of players that have already been there before, we saw an incredible game from Jess Fishlock, I thought, and then to sort of see this come down to a goal in the late stages of the game says it all. So 
not having a shot on target, I don't think is for lack of uh, effort, but sometimes when you're working and working and working and it's not clicking and their final pass is missing, maybe a little bit of uh, frantic play kind of settles in for you. And then unfortunately it just really doesn't come. So I think they should have, you know, a lot to build off of going into, into the off season falling just short, um, you know, in the quarterfinal, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if that team, maybe make some tweaks over the off season. The head coaching position is one of those tweaks, right? I think they need to go ahead and give Becky Tweed that job. And they definitely are a franchise that needs to take a look at that free agency list and see who they need to, you know, re-sign back with the team because they've got a lot of players on that free agency list. It's not just um, the number or quantity, but it's the quality of players. They've got several starter who are on that free agency list that they're going to want to have conversations with. So, Sandra, the other big match with uh, Gotham and the Courage, I just want to ask real quickly, so we give you an opportunity to clap back, they pulled all the receipts, <laughs> so we got beef now? <laughs> Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I love it, though. I I'm here for it. Um, I, I think you're alluding to the, the, the their social team and kind of having all the receipts of everyone who made uh, power ranking predictions, which is I, it just made me kind of laugh. I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, so maybe when it comes comes to that, they found the right one because I'll always kind of go with it and, and laugh <laughs> along and kind of laugh along with it um, and just encourage people to actually, you know, look up what power rankings are, because the beautiful thing about power <laughs> rankings is that they evolve over a season. Um, um, so it also made me know and made me realize that people actually don't know what power rankings are. So that was pretty funny for me, too. Uh, so while maybe they were an early prediction to be last place over the course of the season, we spoke very highly about uh, North Carolina courage uh, on attacking third. But everybody loves to point out the lows versus the highs. And uh, unfortunately, now we've got to talk about an early offseason for North Carolina courage as well. I think uh, coach. Shauna has said repeatedly over the course of the season that this was a team that was a little bit ahead of uh, their rescheduling uh, or excuse me, their rebuilding, their rebuilding period. And, you know, I think this should be taken with a grain of salt. I think when you have the season that they had, it wasn't just that they got into the playoffs. We're talking about a team that ended up hosting a quarterfinal and doing it the way that they did it with players who were bought into their system, their possession based style didn't matter who they kind of rotated in and out throughout the duration of the season because there were moments and stretches of time when they were without a Denise O'Sullivan or without a Caroline. They didn't always have Manaka on board, right? So I liked the pieces that they brought in to compete for 2023. And now that their offseason has started early, they're going to have to answer some pretty early questions. So un unfortunately, they got one of those really early questions when Caroline came out of decision day with what was ultimately an ACL injury. So how are they going to address that moving forward? Because with an ACL injury, you have to operate perhaps on the assumption that she won't be available next season. There are no strangers to the international market. Are they going to tap into that and cast a wide net or are they going to take a look at their own free agency list? Emily Fox, a restricted free agent with North Carolina Courage right now. Brittany Ratcliffe as well. This is someone who was really key for them during their Challenge Cup run. So are these some players that they're going to want to continue to you know, take a look at, retain while trying to, to figure out that question mark around Caroline? It should make for a really exciting offseason, Sandra. That's basically what you're alluding to, and I like it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we've got free agency, yeah, expansion draft, regular draft. It's all coming up. So thank you so much for joining us. Your, your insight's always invaluable. And don't go anywhere because we've got a very special interview coming up next with Paris FC midfielder Daphne Corbos as she dives into everything that's happening overseas. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Attacking Third. We are pleased and happy to welcome in Paris FC midfielder Daphne Corbeau. Daphne, welcome to Attacking Third. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are having an incredibly successful year with Paris FC. You're top of the league, at top of the table in your league and in Champions League. You are just knocking out heavy hitters left and right. What's been the key to success this year for Paris FC? Um, I think we have improved every year. I've been at this club for four years, so we've progressively had better and better results. Um, I think the recruitment this year was very good. And then aside from that, I think we've been building a style of play and a cohesion uh, within the collective that uh, is bearing its fruits today. You talked about the recruits and, and bringing in new players, but over the last four years at this club, where has been the biggest change on the field that you've seen? Um, the biggest change I think this year is that our group of 20 players um, is very equal in level, I would say. So when we make changes, uh, there isn't any drop-off or whatever decision the coaches coach makes, um, the team is just as strong as the starting 11 from the week before, and I think that's kind of our strength this season. Now, Daphne, I played in Bordeaux in 2020, and I believe we played against each other. Oh, Darian, but you would know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I remember it being super cold, and I think we lost. So that's my memory from the game. But Paris FC has always been a really heavy hitter, and I don't feel like you've gotten the respect um, globally as much as you have in the French League. So you've knocked out two heavy hitters in Arsenal and Wolfsburg in Champions League. What was your team's mindset going into those matches? Yeah, I think last year we um, lost to Roma in penalty kicks. Roma went on afterwards to go to the quarterfinals and we lost to Bar Barcelona. So I think that was definitely an experience that we needed. Um, it's only been, this is the third season that the third place it qualifies you for Champions League. So this was the first time, last year was the first time in a while that we had this Champions League experience. And I think this season... Against Arsenal, we were ready. We were prepared. We had a game plan. Um, we obviously, I think, uh, you know, you play a 3-3 draw and you win in penalty kicks. There's obviously a bit of luck that goes in as well, but you have to take advantage of the opportunities uh, when they're given to you. And I think that building from the Arsenal game, we believed that we could do something against Wolfsburg as well and we've just been gaining confidence all along but it's definitely been something that we've been building since uh, a while we have the chance in the French League to play against PSG and Lyon who are considered the best teams in the world so we get to face them at least um, four times a year so we get to measure ourselves up against the best and get that experience as well in our league. Daphne, now up ahead, you mentioned we have in the group stage for Paris FC, you're facing off with an absolutely stacked Chelsea side, notably with your former Sky Blue teammate, Sam Kerr. How have you been preparing for this coming ahead? Are you excited? Do you have mixed emotions? Um, what's the game plan? <laughs> 
Yeah, I think we're all super excited. Um, I think we've got two really tough draws with Arsenal and Wolfsburg, and coming out of that and reaching the group, we are just really happy to welcome anything. Uh, I do think the group is quite difficult, but um, it'll make for great games, and I think that's the objective as well. Playing Sam is going to be great. It's actually funny, last year um, PSG um, had Chelsea in their group, so I went to go see Sam play against PSG, and now it will be um, me playing against her. So it'll be really nice to see her and obviously um, a really tough game, but uh, we haven't really focused on what our game plan is yet. The draw was just on Friday and um, we'll, we'll see what uh, the coach has planned uh, for those games. Daphne, you're coming off a, a big goal. Your first one for the club as well. It, it's, Perfect timing for you to be hitting your stride in scoring goals and, and getting into the attacking end for your team. What personally are you hoping to bring forward, especially in that Champions League match against Chelsea? Yeah, um, it's my first goal of the season. I play uh, defensive center mid, so um, I don't contribute goals as often as I, I probably used to playing attacking center mid. But I think what we bring in midfield is a bit of a balance to the team. So. Um, offensively, keeping the ball moving. And uh, we have a style of play at Paris FC where we try and, and play good football. So um, making the rest of the team uh, play and defensively always being in place to, to be able to stop any counterattacks from happening. Now, Daphne, we hear you come from a big footballer family with your brother and your sister also playing. And you and your sister played at Georgetown. How is it now playing against her in the French League as she plays for Stade de Reims? Yeah, I mean, really fortunate uh, to have both my siblings. We're less than three years apart. So we grew up playing with each other, learning from each other, competing, competing with each other and fighting. Um, <laughs> but it definitely helped us uh, get to the point we're at now. Uh, I had the chance to play with Rachel at Georgetown, um, and now I play against her. Uh, it's obviously a particular game, especially the fact that we both play center mid, so we're pretty much in the same zones uh, when we play against each other. But um, it's all love between us, and we both uh, want our teams to win, but want each, uh, each other to have good games. Okay, I want to take it back to the to growing up and playing in the backyard. <laughs> what was the competition like, the sibling rivalry when you guys would ball in the backyard together? Yeah, there was definitely a lot of rivalry, rivalry especially with my brother. He's a year younger than me, so uh, there was a lot of fierce 1v1 battles <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that ended up usually not finishing with soccer. Um, <laughs> As, as a girl but with yeah, a brother, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's likely. Yeah, my, my parents uh, definitely emphasized, tried to get us to learn as quickly as possible that uh, if we learned to play together, we would grow a lot better. Um, so, yeah, we, we quickly developed, uh, I would say, around high school time. We learned maybe when he became too physical for me to deal with that we should probably work on things that are like shooting or passing, and we spent hours and hours on the field uh, together. So Daphne, footballers obviously aren't always just footballers. In your case, also brilliant. You had postponed medical school to pursue your pro career, which is already a massive choice, right? Gee, do I want to play pro football or do I want to be a doctor? Uh, either way, extraordinary. Do you have any plans in the future to pursue maybe a medical career or 
Have you got a plan ahead? Yeah, it was definitely a really, really hard choice. Um, I still haven't completely put it to bed. Uh, I would have to retake my MCAT um, and reapply to medical school, which is definitely not uh, that easy. But I, during my career, I've had the chance to uh, complete two master's degrees, and I'm currently finishing up my first uh, year of a PhD program. That's amazing. So I'm not really sure in what I'm planning to go into, but... Um, definitely love the research that I'm doing at the minute. That is very cool. You're, you're staying on top of it, keeping busy on the field and off the field. Daphne, thank you so much for joining us and good luck with all your matches coming up. Thanks for having me. Don't go anywhere, guys. We are going to dive into the Women's Super League match day four and everything that happened. We'll be right back. McCabe from that kind of range. Great effort, her kind of goal. Another left foot rocket from Katie McCabe. Looping cross, picks out Nikita Paris, and she keeps up her stunning goal-scoring record. Real danger here, it's Kelly to strike. Oh, it's gone under Leipzig and gone in. Here's Nuskin looking for a fourth of the game. She squared it instead for Aggie Beaver-Jones. What a moment. The Women's Super League heating up in match week four uh, across the league. Big goals, a lot of excitement happening, and we get to talk about it here on Attacking Third, which makes it that much better. This was an exciting weekend. Chelsea is continuing to roll throughout their run. They're now unbeaten in their last four. Darian, this was a, a big weekend for the Blues. Huge weekend. Goals, goals, goals. Four to two against Brighton. Let's take you through the highlights. So the first goal started off with Brighton. Pauline Bremer puts one away and makes Chelsea a little bit nervous. Great ball across. She slots it in right in the face of the goal. Chelsea's back line, as you can see, is defensively a bit out of sorts. But Chelsea had an answer at the 45th minute in extra time. Newskin starts off her scoring with a header and a great cross from the left side of the pitch. And then right going into halftime, you know, those big five moments, that's when you want to end the half scoring and you want to be on point when you come back. Here you see Chelsea again breaking down this Brighton back line. And again, Newskin, another goal. Her first start for Chelsea, the new signing, gets another one. And then Chelsea again have another answer where they get this goal, slot it home, and put the nail in the coffin against Brighton. Chelsea, I think, just looks so dynamic in their attack with the ways that they were scoring, the ways that they were putting goals away. Um, they had the one against Brighton in the beginning that you know was a little, little bit nervy to start <laughs> the game off with. But, of course, Chelsea has that answer. You know that they're going to come back and set some goals up, and, of course, they did. Chelsea are super scary. Mm -hmm. And when you yeah. look at, you know, the prospect of finally, fingers crossed, seeing a Cat Macario return. Oh, yeah. I'm terrified of them. Yeah, we got the catfish duo. Yeah, back. <laughs> I mean, you know I love the official, but like, yeah, it's just I, I don't see anyone being capable of stopping them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they had over four goals expected throughout mm -hmm. this match. They end up getting four on the board. They are now number two in the standings. They are behind Manchester City on goal differential, but fighting for that top spot, which we knew it was going to be the, the tail of the year. But to see it come to fruition and know that they still have a lot more tricks up their sleeve, it's going to be dangerous, scary. And Newskin coming in with her yeah. first start and getting a hat trick 
a hat trick with your first? Come We're on. We're talking about a hat trick. <laughs> a perfect hat trick. Yeah, madness. But that team is so stacked, and I think this is great momentum going into the next big games they have and in Champions League that they have so many weapons to start and off of the bench. Scary. All right, Christine, your time to shine. Let's talk about Arsenal because we got to see the return of Viv Vivian Mayedema. I am so, so happy. I didn't, they teased it. I didn't think it were possible, but you know, Arsenal coming up against uh, Bristol City away after Bristol coming off three straight losses for three straight matches. We have the first goal from Katie McCabe at early seven minutes and she just like whipped that in. Um, absolute ripper. Um, and then of course we had a little bit of an answer um, from the Bristol City side not long after. Um, you had a ball whipped into the box and we of course had a Rachel Furness header that was just absolutely on point right past the keeper. Um, they deserve that celebration, one small win. So they, let, they drew level right before the half, so there was a bit more hope there. Um, coming back into the second though, um, we have the emergence of yet another uh, Katie McCabe second goal, brace. Banger. Two absolutely perfect goals in, in one game. And then we got the bonus Viv appearance. So quite frankly, um, Arsenal are starting to look more Arsenal-y. In, sure. in the good ways, right? They've had a little bit of start to a shaky season here. Um, knocked out of Champions League early against Paris FC. Mm -hmm. They now have the singular focus of WSL, which may serve them quite well. Yeah, I mean, to get to see Viv Miedema check on, I mean, stoppage time. Like, we're talking just a, a small confetti pile of minutes here for Viv Miedema. But what does this say about where this team could be in, in a few more weeks with her getting more and more minutes? Well, one, when you see Viv make an appearance at ever, right, it's just – it's a boost just in the morale of the squad, right? She really is this, this pivotal point for that side. But also, that means she's going to be back in, back in action, right? Even for a few scant minutes, it's almost the shots fired for the Gunners. Literally. Yeah, I, I mean, it is completely the shots yeah. fired for the Gunners. And, and when we look tactically at the stat sheets and the shots, they had 25 to Bristol's just one throughout this match. Um, it's it's good. They're heating up at the right time. Are you, are you pleased with this one, Christine? I'm pleased with this, and I am satisfied that maybe this wasn't their year to be making any really great depth into Champions League. Let's refocus and get things forward. Beth Mead again being back mm -hmm. only a few games is also a massive impact. I think that they just have been a diminished Arsenal side that weren't ready with the depth or experience to move forward in Champions League this season. But I think it's been a good test because it's allowed these players that maybe don't get the same experience, the same minutes, to get that against really tough competition. And then you have all of the big hitters coming back and the leadership oh, coming back. For sure. I mean, um, they actually started this game. Kodina and Pelova got mm -hmm. some minutes on the Arsenal side, which you don't really see very often. They were two standout changes to me, at least for Arsenal, um, at least going this way forward. Mm -hmm. But I think that they're, you know, shuffling a few new faces into the mix more than usual. Well, yeah, but it makes them more competitive. Yeah, so when you look at we talked about Chelsea, now this Arsenal side and, and how much firepower, frankly, they have in their attacking end and those weapons. Um, I, I want early predictions. Are Golden Boots going to be on these teams for these sides? Let Viv get back first. Okay. Like, all the way. Okay. okay, okay. And then we can chat because I never, ever count her out. I, I wouldn't either. I like that one. 
Um, another match happened in this one, Manchester United and Everton. Um, this for United was 5-0 win for them, snapping their two-game winless streak in league play and, and bouncing back after that devastating Champions League loss last week. Um, and not only to score and get a shutout, but to get five. Five. They've, they've brought a lot of firepower into this team and into this mix. I, I've got my eye on this United team. I have. When we talked about them in the summer transfers and everyone they brought in, I think United is going to be at the top of the table. Probably along with Chelsea and Arsenal. No, no big surprises there. Yeah, no, it was a really good game for Manchester United. Five goals and different goal scorers. Mallard, Paris, Williams with two. I love that they are so fluid in their mm -hmm. attack, and I think they're showing just how much they've developed and how good these new additions are that they acquired um, during the transfer window. So really good competition. I love the WSL. Uh, they're so competitive. I love it. I love the WSL. I mean, it's so good, and we are so excited to talk about it here. Um, we hit on everything, and there is more because we are on the cusp of an international break. You can watch the CONCACAF W Gold Cup on Galazzo Network and Paramount+. Plus. Plus, the UEFA Women's Nation League, England versus Belgium. We've got that one as well. Thanks so much for joining us today. We will be back with Attacking Third on Friday. We'll see you then.